Hello and welcome back. You recall from our last episode that Peggy Ann had been taken. Abducted is the correct term, so by way of a brief recap, let's take a look at the terrible facts of the matter. Then I hope to flesh out more of the details and move into the broader narrative of this true crime story. Now remember that the bicycle man William Hollenbaugh is armed and dangerous and Peggy Ann is only 17 and caught completely off guard after getting off her school bus. Hollenbaugh wasted no time grabbing Peggy tightly, and though she resisted, he led her away across a creek and into the woods, but not before threatening all her siblings that he would kill them all, all, if they tried to help her. Yet her brother, Jim, rightly ignored this threat and ran home to tell his father, Eugene Bradnick, who was at home frying chicken for dinner while his wife was at work. Mr. Bradnick's first reaction is not to try to contact the police, but to arm himself and search for his daughter, knowing instinctively that time was of the essence. Way to go, Dad. And long live the Second Amendment. You might wonder if he was the one to rescue her. He was not. Though he nearly did make contact, at one point Mr. Bradnick was near enough that Peggy Ann heard her father calling for her. But Hollenbaugh menacingly told her he would kill her if she screamed. So if there's any doubt of Hollenbaugh's intentions, both his words and actions speak for themselves. These could not be taken as idle threats by Peggy Ann. In the meantime, Hollenbaugh began to slip away, forcing Eugene Bradnick to notify the police of the kidnapping. And knowing now what we know about him, Hollenbaugh had little in the way of scruples, which is to say he was low enough to do just about anything at this point. A desperate man doing seemingly desperate things, yet you recall that at one point he told Peggy Ann that he had been watching her for months chilling. Not long after the abduction of Hollenbaugh, or rather not long after the abduction, Hollenbaugh removed the goggles from his face and inserted the dental device which pushed out his cheeks to make them look less sunken, saying Peggy Ann's red dress stuck out like a sore thumb. He had her put on a pair of pants and jacket over her dress. So if there's any doubt about the crime being premeditated, you can clearly reject that. It was. And as for his red bicycle that had given him the nickname, he chose to travel without it from that point on. Soon after this, they hid in a culvert under the Pennsylvania Turnpike. And you'll recall from the last episode, that is where Hollenbaum begins to worry about his dogs. So he chains Peggy Ann to a tree. Well, consider the irony. The man is worried about his dogs, who are no doubt chained or kept inside somewhere. They can't get out. So his solution is to chain the human to a tree so she can't get away. Now that is sick. Especially when you think about how tight the chain must have been to keep Peggy Ann from slipping away while he was gone. For reasons known only to Hollenbaugh, he couldn't get his dogs and so decided to take Peggy Ann to a cave he had dug inside a mountain. Let that sink in. What's almost as bad as a tomb and sometimes serves as a tomb? A cave. What is soundproof and essentially invisible from the outside? A cave. And what is worse than being led around in the back of beyond by an armed abductor who was a former patient at an asylum for the criminally insane? How about having to spend time with him in some nasty little cave eating from a can? Sounds like the stuff of nightmares. Days later, he finally fetched his dogs, 
But by this time, a massive manhunt of over 1,000 federal, state, and local law enforcement officers was underway. It was the largest to date in American history. Meanwhile, Hollenbaugh took Peggy Ann along as he burglarized a home, stealing a 32 automatic pistol. As the manhunt continued, a courageous FBI special agent named Terry Ray Anderson was getting close. So dangerously close was he that he spotted one of Hollenbaugh's dogs and called to it. The bicycle man wasted no time opening fire, killing special agent Anderson, who died in the line of duty. And this is where some of the practical details of the case get very interesting. You probably know how amazing dogs are when it comes to their senses, especially their sense of smell. King and Weed, German shepherds who traveled from Arkansas with their handler, Thomas McGinn, in an effort to locate Hollenbaugh and save Peggy Ann, were on the trail. Only... It wasn't the trail of either the kidnapper or the kidnapped. It was Hollenbaugh's dogs that were tracking to great success. Resulting in Hollenbaugh shooting both tracking dogs, King and Weed. While King survived after surgery, Weed died as a result of the gunshot. Before law enforcement could tighten the noose, Hollenbaugh slipped away into the forest with Peggy Ann yet again. That evening, the two approached a hunting lodge in Burt Cabin. Instead of going into the cabin, the two spent the night in a small wash house. And if you've ever been in a little wash house, outhouse, outbuilding, or shed in the forest, you know it couldn't have been a comfortable way to spend the night, especially with your abductor. And no doubt the bicycle man was on edge after all the shooting and likely suspecting that he was now a murderer. After dawn, nature called Cambria County Deputy Sheriff Francis Sharp to the, wa- to the wash house. What do you think happened next? Hollenbaugh shot and wounded the sheriff, who was forced to drive Hollenbaugh and Peggy Ann toward the turnpike. Eventually, the road led to a cattle gate, blocking their way. Hollenbaugh ordered the sheriff out of the car so he could remove the gate. Sheriff Sharp complied. Or did he? No. Instead of getting out, he called out to some officers in the area that Hollenbaugh was inside. Hollenbaugh once again opened fire, this time from within the car. He shot through the windows and somehow managed to slip away yet again. It's worth noting here that one of the officers observed how well Hollenbaugh moved, like a boxer ready to move easily into any position. He was a cool character, deadly cool and calculating. And he had slipped away again, making sure to take Peggy Ann with him. The search continued, leading them to a farm where Hollenbaugh hid behind a corn crib, pistol in hand. Again, Hollenbaugh opened fire when he saw his pursuers, brave uh, men who had relentlessly sought him. Yet it would be the last time the bicycle man would ever fire a weapon, for two shots rang out simultaneously, one fired from the farmhouse by Larry Rubick, just 15 years old, and the other shot came from State Trooper Grant H. Mixell. At first, it was reported that the boy had fired the fatal shot, but it was later determined Trooper Mixell had killed Hollenbaugh, putting an end to his reign of senseless brutality, mayhem, and murder. Peggy Ann was taken to Fulton County Medical Center, where she was treated for dehydration in her badly blistered feet, and although she endured a terrifying and traumatic ordeal, 
It was determined she had not been sexually assaulted. Days later, she gave an interview. So, if you would like to see any of these uh, elements, these archived uh, pieces of evidence, it's all there at the Pennsylvania State Police Museum. The bike, the mouth inserts, the frying pan, shotguns, revolver, haversack. There's photos of the dogs, the handler, the perp, and of course the brave fallen special agent Anderson. And that concludes this episode, and that concludes this uh, story, this true crime story. Thank you very much. Please like, please follow. Please give me some good comments if you care to. And again, thank you so much for listening.